Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode. Every episode, I invite you to tune in while I host a different guest to share their experience working in the music industry. Today, we will be discussing art direction and interior design. My name is Sydney, and this is The Setup. Let me start by introducing you to Zach Hall. Zach has been creating elaborate floral installations and interior decorations for productions, music videos, and nationwide brands. Thank you for joining us, Zach. How are you holding up? I feel very fortunate that just kind of by pure luck, a couple of the clients that I had coming into this whole pandemic situation are pretty insulated from the economic effects of this. So I've been able to keep a lot of my work and I actually feel extremely fortunate to be moving forward with new work. That's really great to hear. So happy for you. And have you been self-quarantining and handling these projects at home? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I have adult ADHD in a way. This just really makes it almost impossible for me to be productive from inside my own house. And that is where I am trapped. <laughs> so I've, I've really had to grow a lot in that direction and try to like build new good habits. But yeah, mm-hmm. very isolated, just out here with my chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how are your chickens? I was one of the people on your Instagram live viewing the birthday party you threw for them. <laughs> they all are doing really well. They just turned one, so they got to have a big fun birthday party, which I think was like the content that everybody needed at that point also because that was right when the pandemic was hitting and everybody was having to lock down their lives. So I just live streamed a really fun birthday party for them with birthday cakes and everything. And I just have mountains of eggs right now while everybody else is like, no, we can't find them. <laughs> <laughs> That's one upside and I'm so happy that your chicken's doing well. Once this is over, I need to check out the chicken coop. Maybe we could maybe we can host some sort of brunch. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm gonna throw another birthday party for them once everybody's out, but like for the homies in the real world. And for everyone listening, I actually met Zach on one of the productions that he created an installation for. And within the past year, I've seen him working on various productions in Chicago, to name a couple of them. Rich Wolves just had an event at the conservatory, and it was very beautiful with all the plants. Also, I saw his installation at Activate the Loop. Recently, he created huge branded experiences during All-Star Weekend for Fat Tiger and Lululemon. Zach, what was your process like for these projects? My work varies so much project to project. I mean, big picture is just client comes to me with something they want to do. And then, you know, usually there's a process of like, my imagination runs off at a million miles an hour in like seven different directions. <laughs> and I kind of have to like rein it all in and put it back in front of them. And, and, you know, and then they kind of have to like reality check me with like, this thing's way too crazy. This thing probably could work. And so we, you know, we kind of like go through this concepting period and then tandem with that, we, you know, we talk about budgets and everything as well to make sure that, that the concepts we have are feasible, you know, that we can execute them with Mm -hmm. the time and money we have. And from there, then I have, uh, you know, I have an incredibly talented network of, you know, people who can do 3D renders or fabricate literally anything you could ever imagine. 
I do technical design mostly myself. And so technical design, basically like, let's say you're going to build a bench. The conceptual design is like, oh, okay, I want it to be oak and I want it to have a dark stain. And the technical design will be like, okay, so it's going to be six feet long and an inch and a half thick. And here's how everything's going to come together. So I try to do as much of that myself as I can and then hand that off to fabricators to build whatever the project is. And then we install. And then so often it lives for the world for like, (laughs) I don't know, six hours. And then we just take it all down again. And then I kind of get like sad about it and move on to my next project. (laughs) Isn't that wild? Like only having the world see it for six hours. And how many hours would you say that if you had to give it a number, how many hours you put into one project? Yeah. So Fat Tiger is a, is a, Really, it's a group of super talented fashion designers here in Chicago who did a collaboration with Adidas recently for All-Star Weekend. And so we redid their entire interior of their store. And I would say that was pretty much all day, every day for, I would say, six weeks to two months. So in terms of hours, whatever seven times 60 equals about one million. (laughs) I work much much harder these days now that i'm an artist way longer hours than i did back when i had a muggle job at least for fat tiger that was a full week and most prominently you've been working with chance the rapper you've Mm. you've been one of the teams that created the set on the late late show when he was a guest Mm. artist with his brother and then also you created part of the big store which was a launch of his album, The Big Day. And then more recently, you helped create the music video for We Go High. When and how did your relationship with Chance start? I was doing brand marketing and I met him backstage at this event that I sponsored in 2013. He signed a poster. <laughs> well, he signed a bunch of posters for us, but I kept one. And then and then so many years later, Joe Escavel brought me in to the album release event, The Big Store, over this summer. They needed a huge floral installation. I flew in, I think like 14,000 white roses from Ecuador, like super fast to get this project moving. And he, you know, his album had been out for a little bit and he was making a music video for the song We Go High. I guess I'm biased, but I really do think that's the best song on that album and some of his strongest work to date. If if you really listen to what he's saying in that, it's really powerful work. So that was a real privilege for me to work on. So I art directed that music video again with Joe Esquivel and then did the, the live performance as well on the Late Late Show. So they brought that in and that was a floral installation, which is one of the things that I specialize in so they brought me in on that project i was overseas at that point like trying to like make phone calls at odd hours of the night to to make sure that i was lined up perfectly so when i came back to la for that i would be like boom right in on it so that was that was a fun project as well and when you were directing the installations and the set for both the music video and the guest appearance on the late late show where did you pull inspiration from how did you create both of those sets That's a great question. So the process was really different for both. The music video, I was art directing. So the the director had a vision for an overall vision for where the music video was going. And then, and then I got to just kind of like fill in, okay, so there's a bedroom scene. What does it look like? What are we capturing here? You know, what's the art going to be like on the walls? What are, what are we imagining that his apartment looks like at this point in time, which actually interesting point we filmed 
in the exact same building where he used to live in Chicago during the time period that he's talking about in this song. So that was, that was really kind of a privilege. So, so that was a lot more of me being able to take free reign on like, you know, what do I imagine this nightclub to be or whatever. And then with the Late Late Show, that was with Michael Apostolos. I believe is how you say his last name. I'm sorry, Mike, if I said your last name wrong. I should know by now. <laughs> but he, so he took the lead on design, like the overall concept. He and I kind of went back and forth and had conversations about what it could look like and and you know what's realistic I and mean, just like the overall vibe and then he took the big picture direction on it and then i took the floral aspect of it i had never really done a whole installation independently or like taking the lead on on an installation in, in los angeles yet so you know just finding a studio space finding a place where i could find exactly the right flowers and get them on time and get them to where we needed to be and like find a truck and get it into hollywood somehow and those sets and you, you have 45 minutes to put the whole set up you know so it's like it really mm -hmm. has to be ready to go so that process was very it took a lot of flight of learning but that was really fun i will provide a link to the music video and late late show appearance because they are both beautiful and chance sounds amazing i want to go back to the big store launch because that is so wild i had no idea that you flew in all of those flowers from ecuador yeah if you need roses at that scale then you go through a wholesaler. So I actually used to work with a wholesaler in Kansas City. So I have a really good connection on roses. And then there are wholesalers here as well. And they have relationships with farmers all over the world. And Ecuador is a really great place to grow roses. A lot of a lot of the roses that you see here come from Ecuador. Wow. I guess it's great to know people and keep those connections. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so what sparked your passion for floral arrangements? Oh, man. It's really... Um, I think it's Latin. There's a, a phrase called in vino veritas, which means in wine comes truth. And so this was, I mean, rewind back to like baby Zach. I was in college and I would come home from parties drunk <laughs> and, <laughs> as college kids often do. And I would just find flowers on the way and pick them up and like go home and arrange them in like mason jars or whatever. I would do these really wild, loose arrangements and, you know, kind of come back to it the next day, like, yeah, that was really crazy. And I never saw it as art. I didn't even think of myself as creative, really, until years, years, maybe like 10 years later, I kind of realized that like all this while I'd been developing myself as a florist, not with any intention of being a florist or being an artist or even thinking of myself as an artist. But one day the world made me aware that that was, you know, that, that there was a future in that. Just following that intuition is an amazing thing. I feel like a lot of people don't usually listen to themselves, but I'm really happy for you that it is starting to become some type of career that you actually enjoy. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I spent a period of time feeling like I really wanted to chase it and pursuing it through like flower shops and stuff. And my spirit got so beat down because I couldn't do it. I just could not function inside of a normal flower shop. So that was when I really gave up on myself as a florist. And it wasn't until I started pursuing art as a career that people started finding my old floral work and asking for it again so yeah stick with it kids <laughs> listen to your heart <laughs> so like what was that moment though when you decided to pursue your own projects well there was this artist collective called canvas here in chicago that was just man it was such a strong vibrant community and, and it was every single event 
anyone you talked to was up to something. Everybody was so interesting. There were so many incredibly talented artists who were just there, like a real, real, true, organic community, if you want to call it that. And one day there was this artist, Lefty, who now is in LA. He was doing a stage that for, for an event that was going to be like huge projection mapping and all this crazy stuff, taking like production value on a level that I had never even witnessed before. And he, he needed help building the stage. And so he gave me kind of like really loose direction, but also a lot of guidance on what that needed to look like. And I just went in with a couple homies and, and just started building these shapes for him. And it all went up and it was good. And then the next time Preston, who ran that organization, came up to me. He's like, well, do you want to just do the whole stage? You know, just want to take that project? And I was like, all right, let's go. And I had a lot of help uh, for sure doing that first project because I had no idea what I was doing. But it came out really, really well. As a matter of fact, I don't know if this is still true, but for like years after, you could just Google the words cool DJ booth. <laughs> and that one would come up. <laughs> and I felt like, okay, well, well, you know, I hate my day job and I felt really gratified doing this. I'm out. <laughs> you know, I was just like, all right, I'm an artist. And and then that was that was a change. It was a really, really long, hard road ahead. How long afterwards did you realize, hey, I can do this? I know this is gonna be something big for me. Even though I do all these huge projects now with all these, you know, big names, I just always feel like I'm like one step away from everything just evaporating. So I've been pursuing this full time, really nonstop for like, I started late. I started late in life. I think I was like 28 when I started even thinking of myself as an artist. It wasn't until I was about maybe four years in, I started getting real jobs with real clients. You will have that. And just know that you are doing such a great job. But do you have any upcoming projects? Yeah, I actually have a project through a group called Fever that's going to be kind of like a Mad Hatter themed gin and tea party where we where we kind of I think of it like a cover you know like in music you have a cover song right that's like a totally acceptable way to approach music I love whenever I can to do that with art so you know take the creative direction that you have with a with a classic film like Alice in Wonderland and then do a cover of that and turn that into a live event and so we're doing that and it's going to be pretty magical and then I'm doing a pretty large-scale floral installation to that I would say like 30 to 50 feet long of branches and flowers. So, and that's going to be permanent and refreshed periodically. So that's going to be a big one as well. Those all sound amazing. I actually did hear of Fever before and I saw a couple of their events and they do look really awesome. So when is the gin and tea party event going to happen? That one is going to currently scheduled for July 9th, 2020 would be our opening date and it would run through October. Do you have a design in mind? It's going to be a uh, very much inspired by nature, creating kind of like an outdoors while you're indoors sort of feel and keeping it very whimsical and fun. And we're going to for sure have some pretty magical moments. Honestly, this event totally sounds up my alley. I will check it out and hopefully it will begin in July. But I guess that's just the reality of what's going on with this pandemic. So how did you get commissioned for a project like the Gin and Tea Party? I have a bit of a reputation for doing kind of natural, you know, art direction that, that moves in the direction of nature. And my friend Dank called me up one day and said that he got a job with Fever and he had this event coming up and wanted to know if I'd be interested in, in putting in a proposal. And here we are. So happy that you're able to keep busy during this 
weird time that we're in who would you ideally like to work with actually i mean this is totally a, a pipe dream there's a band called Anamanaguchi who they're so amazing and they've been around for a long time i think since like they were they like got big in 2013 they won like a youtube video of the year award they just make incredible music it's chiptune is the genre so it's i uh, think like what you know like og nintendo music was like but they make it with it's a full four piece band guitar bass drums all that but it sounds like you know like a kid made it on a computer in his room and it's they're just incredible musicians i have multiple times just sat down with friends and like dreamed up different like stages or parties or events that we could do for them and what type of event or installation would you create for them Actually, man, so they have one coming up in New York where it's going to be like a whole day of some sort of pop-up event that happens all day. And then they have their show at night. But they have this music video called Meow, which is all-time classic for me. One of my favorite music videos. It's like the jocks and the goths and the cheerleaders and all these different like groups of stereotypes from high school. But they're at this like arcade. Just all of this really great beautiful imagery of the fun times that we used to have when we were kids but there's these really cool you know like grown-ups with dyed hair and so i would definitely just take that vibe and make it a thing that everybody could enjoy oh my god so that's we'll amazing and that yeah. sounds so great and i feel like anything this nostalgic that yeah. will make me think of my childhood is like i would love to be part of that experience of course so Anamanaguchi, if you're out there listening to this i would love to do something for you guys <laughs> and so would Sydney. We're in. <laughs> yes, we're in. We'll create that experience. So, one last thing Do you have any advice that you can offer others who want to follow a similar path? Yeah, of course. I, you know, pursuing a career in the arts is really, really difficult and it takes a very, very long time. So, I think the very fundamental thing about my success in all these different things that I do is that. Every single project that I do, I do it to the very, very greatest of my ability. Like, you know, doing everything to, to the best that you can, really important because day after day, year after year, that's where your growth happens. And then just not to give up, to follow your own light. Like I, I worked at flower shops where they were like basically telling me that I couldn't work there anymore because I, I, because I just wasn't cut out to be a florist. But what it was, was that I wasn't cut out to do what they were doing like my work had to come from my heart and my spirit and so if you have something in your head or your heart believe in that and follow that and keep doing it even if people aren't paying you for it even if you know you put it in front of a client and they're like this is never gonna work that's fine it's not for them it's for you ultimately and the more honest your work is the more that is going to resonate in the end that is so beautiful. And I think that's something that people need to get reminded. It's so easy just to go with the flow and follow what what you think your path should be. But you, you know, you don't always have to follow the path that others around you are doing, especially when you find so much passion in something that you are doing now. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that's so helpful. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's so great to have something like this to do in the middle of such a trying time. And thank you all for tuning in. If you like what you hear, 
please give me a follow or subscribe to stay up to date on all the new episodes I will be rolling out on the setup podcast. Once again, my name is Sydney and this was the setup. See you later, guys. <laughs>